How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode 30 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and today we're going to talk about uh, some spring, spring training news. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about A.J. Puck here in a second, and then uh, I'm going to give you guys my standout pitchers uh, from my perspective, uh, or pitchers that have caught my eye over the first couple of weeks of spring training here. And uh, that'll be the second part of the episode. I'm going to focus on A.J. Puck here in the first half and uh, do it that way. So uh, before we get into A.J. Puck news, uh, please follow us at Locked on A's on Twitter or me personally at ByJasonB. If you have mailbag questions, we have a couple already. So uh, I'm going to do a mailbag episode probably on Friday. So uh, get mailbag questions in to us at LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. Or you can hit us up on either of those Twitter handles. Uh, Locked on Athletics, or sorry, Locked on A's on Twitter, and uh, me at by Jason B. Uh, any of those, reach out to us, ask us questions, and uh, I'll get back to you on those. So, uh, Martin Gallegos of MLB.com, he was saying today that AJ Puck is self scheduled to start throwing again uh, Tuesday. So, that's today. Uh, so he's going to be throwing some balls and stuff, but it is believed that he won't, he wouldn't be stretched out enough to be in the opening day rotation, uh, if he is at all ready for opening day, that is. Um, so the plan right now is hopefully he'd be in the bullpen come opening day and then they'd move Chris Bassett over to the rotation. And so they'd make, uh, AJ Puck, the long man kind of guy that, you know, uh, Chris Bassett was scheduled to be. So. We'll see how that goes. Um, I have some thoughts. The first one being, uh, I've been talking about this since January. I like this idea. I like AJ Puck in the bullpen, even if it's a temporary thing, because it, it'll at least limit his innings you know, for later in the season, and so hopefully he'd be fresher when you need him for a potential playoff run. So I like that aspect. Um, the second one being, he'd be presumably the third lefty in the bullpen with Jake Diekman and... Uh, TJ McFarland. So uh, that would give the A's three lefties, uh, whereas most teams hope to have one or two. And uh, that's something that could be nice, you know, a nice little weapon for the A's bullpen. Now, I don't know if such a team exists, but imagine like the A's, but reversed uh, their lineup, but reversed, where it's all left handed hitters and then like one right handed Matt Olson and then end of lineup. Having that many lefties, uh, and they got two in the bull or in the uh, rotation too. So, having that many lefties available in the bullpen could really uh, pay some dividends there. And then you add into the fact that usually when a uh, player will be moved to the bullpen, that their fastball and you know their pitches in general uh, get a little bit of an uptick in uh, miles per hour. Um, so if his fastball is hitting like 98, 99 as opposed to 97. Then you just start flirting with, you know, the elite left-handed relievers in the game right now, like Araldis Chapman, who I know throws like 103 when he's maxing out, or uh, Josh Hader, who's also really, really good, except for when he's facing the A's, apparently. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, there there's some room in there that I think that he could be become the A's version of, not necessarily Chapman, because Chapman's his own beast, but they, they could groom A.J. Puck into their very own Josh Hader, and I'd be very much okay with that. Uh, he probably wouldn't be the Josh Hader that we know now um, because he is more of a closer, and he can go one or two innings. It depends on the situation, obviously. Um, but 
I think that in his first year as a reliever, they were using him like uh, for two or three innings and then uh, going with him that way. He wasn't, uh, he was always the setup man, so he wasn't really getting a lot of saves. And uh, as far as we know, Liam Hendricks is doing just fine. He's looking good this spring. He's adding some uh, some juke moves to his uh, delivery. So uh, he's going to fool batters and uh, get their timing off that way. So that's fun. Um, so they don't really need a closer as of yet, but he could be closer in waiting for you know a rainy day or if Hendricks needs a day off or something like that. Um, my assumption would be that they'd try to leave him in the earlier innings um, if the plan is to actually move him back into the rotation so that he could pitch like three or four innings if a starter gets pulled early or there's an injury or something like that. He could be on call for those situations. So I don't think that we'd be seeing him in like the seventh and eighth innings too often unless his role kind of changed and then they were thinking more of using him as a full-time bullpen piece as opposed to trying to stretch him out and get him back into the rotation. So uh, it'll be interesting to keep track of that and just, you know, how he's progressing. And that's this is all, of course, if he's healthy for opening day. Um, regardless, he's pr- probably going to be starting in the bullpen anyway because um, they want his innings that he's pitching this season to count at the major league level. I mean, the A's could just as easily just have him spend a couple of extra weeks, maybe three weeks, in uh, Las Vegas and, you know, stretch him out facing minor league competition. But one, he's facing minor league competition, which he doesn't necessarily need. He needs to face major league pitching to, you know, move on to the next level. And two, they don't want to waste the innings that are in his arm for this season down in the minors. So, hence, bullpen. And uh, so, I I think that when he's ready, he's going to be in the bullpen, whether that's opening day or, you know, a few weeks after that. But, uh, so we'll see if that opens up a roster spot for somebody. Um, I've got a couple of guys here that I'm going to talk about in the next segment um, that could be potential guys if he starts the season on the IL for a week or two. And uh, yeah, so we'll see how the bullpen's going to shave up here in just one sec. But uh, first, we're going to take a quick break. So we'll be right back after this. And we're back. So on yesterday's pod, I went over uh, the guys, you know, Jonah Hyam and Austin Allen, the guys that are vying for the backup catcher position and their stats through spring training uh, up through Sunday. And uh, then also the guys that are going for second base, all of those guys. Um, so if you were looking for some of that, uh, the offensive side of these stats, uh, yesterday's pod has that. That'd be episode 29. Uh, today's episode 30, we're going over pitchers. But there have been like 40 pitchers that have thrown pitches for the A's. So I went with a few that I liked so far. And they're all names that I've talked about on the podcast before. So hopefully you're familiar with them to a, you know at least some degree. Uh, the first one I assume you've heard of, his name is Jesus Luzardo. Holy crap, has he been amazing so far. Um, so he has a 1.08 ERA through eight and third innings pitched. He has given up four hits, one run, struck out 13, and walked one. I mean, there's really nothing you don't you can't like about this. He's not letting guys on base. He's allowed one walk to 13 strikeouts, which is great. And yes, I know these are spring training stats, and I'm getting to that here in a sec, but I wanted to be excited first. Um, so, as I've been mentioning, the baseball reference uh, opponent index score, um, they have his opponents at a 7.6, which is roughly 
It's just a little bit under AAA, but a little bit above AA, so two and a half A, I guess, uh, he's been facing. Um, so not quite, you know, quality major leaguers. So he's dominating the players that he has shown that he could dominate in the past. And that's really all you want. You don't want him to be getting shelled by, you know, single A guys or something like that. So this stat line, it's not what you should expect for the major league season, obviously, but it is a good sign nonetheless in my eyes. And yes, I know these are spring training stats, but this is all I have. And, uh, I'm excited, so that's what I'm going with. Uh, the next guy on the board, obviously, Frankie Montas. Uh, he was suspended for 80 games last year with PEDs, but uh, he seems to be flying under the radar somehow, even though he was fantastic last year. And uh, he hasn't allowed an earned run this uh, this spring training yet. He gave up two runs, but uh, they were both unearned due to a uh, Marcus Semyon throwing error. So... I feel like the words Marcus Semyon throwing air haven't been said very much in the last couple of years. So uh, he's been doing a heck of a job on his defense. And I feel like I'm underselling that just slightly. Um, but uh, good job, Marcus. I mean, get those bad throws out of the out of the way when, uh, when it's spring training. It's all fine. Uh, Montas has thrown five and two-thirds innings. He's given up four hits. He struck out five and allowed one walk. He's been fine. He's doing just fine, and I assume that he's either... I mean, he could be looking at the opening day start. Uh, maybe I'll speculate on who should start opening day. My guess is that it's going to be either Fires or Montas, because you want to break up the lefties, so you got to go every other on those guys. Yeah, that makes sense. So it'd be either... Yeah. So, I mean, it's either Fires or Montas. I'd personally prefer Montas, I think. Hey, so I did that episode already. Frankie Montas is my pick for opening day. <laughs> so I guess I'd be going Montas, Manaya, Fires, Luzardo, and then Bassett would be how I would probably write the bolt or write the uh, starting rotation to start opening day. Obviously, we still got a couple of weeks, and we'll see how things go and how you know where they're pitching right now lines up with opening day. I didn't do that math. I'm never good at that math. I saw that stuff coming out like two weeks ago. Where people are like, oh, this guy's starting today. And that lines up with opening day. I'm like, that's ridiculous. Who's doing this right now? Um, so, I mean, sure. Maybe it, it's Fires or Montas, I think. But uh, that's me. Anyways, let's get back to bullpen, guys. Um, so these two guys uh, I've talked about on the podcast before. Um, basically, if AJ Puck starts on the IL, my assumption would be one of these two guys would probably make it. Um, along with... Most of the regulars, I assume T.J. McFarland's already in the bullpen. I mean, you got Joaquin Soria, Yusemary Petit, Liam Hendricks, Lou Trevino, uh, Jake Diekman, and J.B. Wendelkin. So there'd be one more guy, I think. Yes, I believe I counted that out right. That'd be seven relievers, and then you got five guys in the rotation. So that would be uh, 12, and you can have 13. So why not have 13? Um, unless they really want to go with the seven-man bullpen and keep all of the second baseman. Um, but that's probably not going to happen either. So my assumption would be if Puck starts on the IL, his bullpen spot would then go to either Birch Smith, who uh, they got from in that trade with the Giants. Um, that happened a couple of weeks ago. Everything happened a couple of weeks ago now. <laughs> Time just runs together. So Birch Smith, uh, he has... Uh, thrown six innings with the A's so far this spring. He's allowed four hits, two runs, and he has struck out eight guys 
and uh, walked zero. He has a three even ERA. So not too bad. Um, the, the thing that I like about him right now is that he's allowed zero walks, and that's solid. Uh, he had a quick cup of coffee with the Giants, which is why they had him. Um, he had been a terrible reliever until he got to San Francisco, and he actually pitched well for them. So maybe that's, you know, it, the A's do that. You know, when they got Rich Hill and they signed him to the free agent deal, he had pitched, you know, a month with the Red Sox, and they are like, hey, let's throw some money at this guy, and then he wound up being okay. This is a similar deal, only without money. Um, they gave up, like, literally no... Oh, I mean, they gave up a little bit of money, but not, like, a lot of money. So he'd be an interesting guy since he already has some of that major league experience and all that stuff. Um, so Birch Smith is one of the two guys. The other guy is the guy that I'm pulling for, I think, just because he's been with the Rays, he's been with the Dodgers. I want the A's to fix him and uh, make him a viable relief piece for the green and gold. And that is, obviously... Jamie Schultz. Uh, if you've listened to the podcast before, you've heard this guy's name. Jamie Schultz. I like him. Uh, he pitched in Monday night's game on MLB Network. He got the final three outs, struck out three guys, walked one. Um, so yeah, you got to see what it looked like and, you know, his pitches and he did well. Um, I will say with a grain of salt, the guys he was facing weren't necessarily major league caliber. Uh, I did actually look all of them up. And uh, so the first guy he struck out was Julio Pablo Martinez. He is a 23-year-old center fielder, and he played uh, last season in high A, and he struck out in 34.8% of his at-bats. So the fact that uh, Jamie Schultz, who's vying for, hopefully, a bullpen role with the Oakland A's, struck him out, not super impressive, (laughs) if I'm being honest. The second guy he struck out, that one was impressive. Uh, Hunter Cole, he is a 27-year-old right fielder. Okay, so it's less impressive because he's 27 and he's in AAA. But still, impressive, uh, given his stat line at least. Uh, he played in AAA last year. He hit 308 in 34 games, and he had a 908 on base plus slugging, so OPS. Um, so, I mean, according to the stat line, not bad. Uh, the, he did only play 34 games. I didn't see why he only played 34 games. I assume injury. Uh, so maybe he's getting into the groove of things and his, he's getting his timing back and whatever. But uh, so somewhat impressive, not not thoroughly impressive, but, you know, it's OK. Uh, again, not major league caliber. We don't know if he's ready for the ma- if Jamie Schultz ready for the majors yet. Um, and then he did walk one guy, and that was Yanni Hernandez, a 21 year old second baseman who was playing in double A last year. Hit 289 in 122 games, and uh, he's actually a seemingly impressive second baseman. Watch out, Rugnet Odor. You might have to slug your way to a second base position next year. I don't know. I don't have good jokes. Um, So he did, uh, Yanni Hernandez, the guy who got the walk on Jamie Schultz, he had 78 walks last year and 72 strikeouts. So he walked more than he struck out by, you know, a decent margin. In double A, which is, other than, you know, triple A to the majors, the hardest level to acclimate to, double A, going from high A to double A. So, good job for Yanni Hernandez. Worked a walk against the guy who has some major league experience in spring training. I'm going to be keeping my eye on Yanni Hernandez for sure. And then uh, the last guy that he struck out was uh, Shurton Apostle, which is a great name. 
He is a six foot four third baseman. He's 20 years old, and he played uh, last season in high A. And he struck out in 28.7% of his at-bats last year. So again, less impressive. He also had a very large strike zone to work with. So, uh, you know, kind of made it easy on him. So in the coming week or so, I'm going to be keeping my eye out on both Birch Smith and Jamie Schultz and see if they get to face more major league caliber uh, hitters. I know that the A's have to stretch out their starting rotation as well, so they're going to be going deeper into games. But if we can see, you know, Jamie Schultz in like the fifth or the sixth when starters are staying in for the opposition as well, uh, uh, starting offensive players are staying in a, a little bit longer to, you know, get their stamina up as well. Uh, that could be a, a good test to see if one of them is going to be a major league piece or if we're going to go with like a 14 second baseman on the roster. So, uh, yeah, I really doubt we're going with all of the second baseman. That'd just be silly. And to that point, I'm going to revisit something that I talked about on the last pod, which was speculating uh, pieces that could be traded for Jorge Mateo. Also, I should point out Jorge Mateo. Uh, he, he showed why I was so high on him to start spring training where he worked the nine pitch walk to start off the, the bottom or yeah, the top of the first, I mean, he should have been out, but the left fielder dropped a fly ball. So, uh, he, he got a walk out of it and then, uh, he stole second base, advanced a third on the crappy throw from the catcher to, you know, try and throw him out stealing. And then, uh, and then he got home on a sack fly and, as I was watching it live, I was like, wow, he barely beat that throw. He, he should have. Uh, so I read the article, you know, the, the post-game recap. And uh, apparently he was told to go on contact. So he, he'd run already halfway. Then he tagged up. And then he ran back. And he still beat the throw. It was a crappy throw. And it got away from the catcher anyway. But that that is some base running stuff that you don't see from the A's in, you know, 2019. I'd like to see it in 2020. Whether or not it's going to be Jorge Mateo, I don't know. But the things that he is showing in spring training are going to make him more valuable to either the A's or a potential trade partner. So in the next couple of days, I'm going to look into both the Tigers and Royals farm systems, see if I can find a lottery ticket that uh, that I can plug from one of those systems in exchange for Jorge Mateo. Um, so that is going to be it for the Locked On A's podcast for episode 30. Uh, in the meantime, uh, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, leave a rating and a review if you would do so so kindly. Um, and then uh, follow us on Twitter. We are at Locked On A's on Twitter. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter. Uh, again, if you have uh, questions for the mailbag that we're going to do later this week, it is LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So that's going to be it for today. Go out there and celebrate good times, Oakland, and I will talk with you guys tomorrow.